Let's get that out of here. Let's get that the fuck out of here. My sound apparently was trash. Greg, appreciate that for pointing that out because I would have sat here and talked to myself for 40 minutes. Um, <laughs> so I was talking about the Sixers. Okay, I, that, that shit was pretty good. I, I hope someone heard it. Uh, <laughs> all right, hot take, hot box. Matt McSweeney, I am in here. Six minutes in. How you doing? Uh, Sixers, three and one, on the gauntlet as I'm calling it. Beat the Spurs the other night. Joel with a monstrous performance, like 33 and 18. Ben with another triple double, 15 boards. Which was the move? I just love what he's down there, just snatching boards. I mean, if we that, that's that's makes us like the best rebounding team when we have those two down there, just absolutely dominating. But I talked about all the good for a while. How you know Brett Brown didn't get any credit, and you know I saw a lot of that on Twitter. How he was getting disrespected. Uh, you know, now every time we lose, every time we lose, it's fire Brett Brown. Now, now that we won, it's you know, no one gives him any credit. Okay, here's his credit. It, it, what he's not, he's not going to get legit credit unless he's actually he's never going to get legit credit because if the shots go in, then it's like all right, the shots go in, good. Okay, when the shots don't go in, we're going to yell at him. Why are you running the dribble handoff to JJ or the pin down screen? You know, why why is our offense this? Why is our offense that? Everyone becomes a coach when the team's not winning. When they're not when they are winning, it's we have great players. These guys are just performing how they're supposed to. This is how it's supposed to be. That's how sports is, okay? So I I, I don't know understand what you, you what his the credit that Brett Brown gets is that he gets to keep his job and the the coaches get to keep their job. That's they don't ever get the pre- only the Belichicks of the world when you win like a bunch of times and everyone's terrified of you. That's when you get your credit. The Phil Jacksons, he Phil Jacksons. I don't I don't care what anyone says. I don't really think he's that great of a of a X's and O's. If he coached the Sixers, the process Sixers, he would have gotten fired right away. Come on, man. He couldn't have done what Brett Brown did. There's different different strokes for different folks. All right. So there's there's my Brett Brown talk. Okay. Enough of that. I'll stop disrespecting him as long as he uh, doesn't do any stupid shit at the end of games. I love Brett Brown until until he tries to. Uh, I just hate his end of game plays sometimes when he tries to force it to JJ. Everyone knows where that ball's going. I can go on a tangent about that all night long, but I need someone here. I need a Brett Brown supporter right here to be like, but yo, he did a great job. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. He does. He does. Um. Played a clip. I had it queued up, so now I'm gonna have to go back and find it. Uh, here we go. There you go. I want to talk about Jimmy Butler. You just did this big piece on Cat and the Jimmy Butler thing, mm-hmm. and coming out of the Jimmy Butler thing, and you went to Philadelphia and you talked to Jimmy Butler. I'm just curious, like. Uh, it's been many months of this now. Right. What do you think of Jimmy Butler? What's your, like, takeaway? I think he's on thin ice, Zach. I think he's on thin ice. And I think he's a very talented player. And no one's ever called him soft either. Oh, okay? hell no. No, he's a very tough player. And, <laughs> and, and he, on paper, would be exactly what you would want on a team. Because he's not a selfish player. I would never say that about him. He defends. Boy, does he defend. He gets at it. He makes good decisions on the offensive end of the floor. But this, I don't know if it's, I don't know him well enough to know, is it real or is it bravado, this whole idea that I'm going to take everybody on, like, you're going to bully me, you're going to call me a bully, I'm going to bully you back, and all this this stuff. And um, I can tell you that 
having spent a couple days in Philadelphia, you know, they don't love it. And I think you probably, if you read the story, you know there was one East, uh, one Philadelphia person in the organization person. that said, you know, if you want to get paid, be quiet. They might try that. I've already said that I don't think he's getting right. a full okay. five-year. But, uh, yeah, that unrelated now, I, I would assume, his, uh, he's he's going to be seeing a specialist for his right uh, his wrist sprain. He any like I was saying before he anytime you hear the word specialist, it just strikes fear into my heart. That that uh, that that seemed like we had to hear that all the time that Joel was seeing a specialist. I mean Markel, he should, yeah, now we got to deal with that all the time seeing specialists. But I don't want to overblow it. I know it is just a right wrist sprain, but I hope you know there's a lot of bones and ligaments in your wrist that a lot of little things can go wrong. But what do I? I that whole thing that people you know. I think Jimmy Butler is a is difficult to get along with. I think he's, it's probably tough to be on the same team as him, hang around with him all the time. He's probably not the you know nicest guy. Probably pushes everyone. He probably makes it uncomfortable to be on on the, on a team with him. Does that mean I don't want him, or does that I? I'm not in love with giving him five year a five year max contract in general. Anyway, that's just, that's just me. That's per- personally, I think he's getting I, he's a little he's getting older. To I mean, he's going to be thirty. I'm pretty sure. If he's not thirty, I should look that up. I'll look that up on here. Shit. Fuck, I gotta get that thing fixed. Nah, I think he's 30. But I'm not I'm not in uh, love with giving a guy a contract like that and then having him be 35. I mean, how many how many basketball players other than LeBron do you know that are 35 that are gonna be worth that money? I would say almost none. Kobe's of the world and such. Uh, by next, yeah, by the start of next year, he will be thirty. His birthday is in September. James Butler. Um, was it, I don't even know if his name's actually James. Who knows? So where does that leave us? What do we do? Who the fuck knows? Sell out for KD. Try to convince KD to come here. He could solidify his legacy here. Now I know he's gonna be thirty. That's another guy I should look up. I'm pretty sure he. I don't. You can't give him five years. He is thirty, and he will be probably thirty-one by the time the season rolls around. So, the KD's a whole. That's a whole different story. If you're giving a guy like him the money, I'm not a huge fan of a a thirty-five-year-old Kevin Durant either. But to me, that's better than a. 35-year-old Jimmy Butler. Now, I understand that I'm picking and choosing, and I don't, we really won't have this choice, whatever, okay? Just talking. But I, I don't know. I just, I, I, the Jimmy Butler thing, this is supposed to be, we're still supposed to be in a little bit of the honeymoon period. I was expecting towards the playoffs is when we'd start getting a little bit of this, you know, going back and forth, and Butler this, and Butler that, and he's talking like this, and I don't know. I, I don't think he's a, a huge fan of being the third option, which is what he would be on this team, or he would have to be, 
if Ben were to Ben would have to take a like a back seat, and it doesn't seem like that's going to happen. Nor do I really think that it should happen, or do we want it to happen? Because it seems like it, well, I mean, it's been only been a small you know sample size of games where Jimmy Butler hasn't played, but those two have, those two have looked good together. They've held their own. They obviously need him now this season. But I'm, I don't know. I just I think I think we're gonna. It's gonna be. It's gonna be bumpy. It's gonna be rocky at uh, for t- at times during the season. But I think I think they'll be able to at least make it work for this year for the, to get to the playoffs. I don't know if he's in love with staying here either. He may he may have different thoughts too. He he might think the same. Like I'm not so sure about this place. He might have problems with the. Owner, I don't know about ownership, but like the way they run the team, if they're baby and JoJo, I'm sure well that'll all come out if he doesn't stay. Like it always does. People love to talk. As we, I'm um, seeing on the TV, they got Nick Foles on there. Who knows what they're talking about? Probably the whole drama related to that. Related to that nonsense. I don't think Clay Thompson's leaving. I see a lot of the a lot of the uh, other options that we could have. I saw some, something in regards to trading Butler. I don't know how that could work or how we would be able to pull that off. We would have to be. Get, I, I see like I, I, when I listen to the radio sometimes I hear callers pitch that idea that we I, I don't know if we cut our losses and we trade him for what I don't know. I don't know, I don't exactly know what you could get. I could be wrong though. Bradley Beal? Uh I don't know. Jimmy Butler's a, a a prime time quantity. Or you can't those guys don't grow on trees, dude. You know, you we we I don't know. I feel like we get a little spoiled at times. Including myself. We don't really realize what we have in in a guy like him. I think we just need to make it work. Just need to make it work and give him the four-year deal. That's what I think. Give him the four-year deal. The fifth year will probably be the, the death of the franchise. Who fucking knows, though? What else did I want to talk about? Carson Wentz, the whole yeah, you know that's what let's talk about that Carson Wentz and the whole uh, drama. Joe Santaliquito, that man wrote a uh, article about Carson Wentz and had his life threatened. <laughs> it's crazy about Philadelphia. A guy wrote an article about the quarterback saying he might he might not be a nice guy. And then he might he that this guy obviously thinks that Carson sucks. We everyone's pointed out his personal uh, vendetta towards towards Carson. He was wrong about him. He said that we were going to be the Cleveland Browns when we traded for him. You can go back and find good old Joe, good old Joe's tweets. But what do I, I like? What do you what do you take over overall take from this? There's a couple. I, I don't really care about the whole stubborn. What did the headline say? Made sure stubborn, uncompromising, and playing favorites. Uh, there was a lot. There was a lot of shit in here, and 
don't know how much of it could be like made up. I don't. I mean, maybe this guy. We this guy obviously would have an agenda. We've proven that he might have an agenda to make it up. But did he? Is that what he's doing? Is that is he going around making up all these quotes? Are people actually saying some of this stuff? Because that that that's what scares me. If people are willing to talk to this guy. And say say things like that about you know, uh, and people saying oh you cowards for being anonymous. Listen, they want to keep their jobs. If Carson is as powerful in the organization as they say he is, and you know Joe Schmo, the equipment, the the jersey cleaner, he you know he says oh yeah Carson spit in my face one time and you know called me a piece of shit. What do you you think he's not going to get fired once he once he's Puts his name behind a uh, quote that he says, this is the Philadelphia Carsons. We're all a team. It's like, yeah, okay, Joe the Jersey Cleaner. You, you're you gone, pal. Appreciate your efforts. But we don't need you anymore. He's a quarterback, dude. He is the franchise. That, that, guy, that guy runs shit now. He knows it. Now, I think a lot of this, he painted it, uh, you know, as writers, they have a lot of power. They, they, they're writing their own. This is their narrative. They, they're creating whatever they want. Whatever you know, conversation they want to get out there, this is what they're doing. So that, that's if... I, know, I, think the, I think some of the personal attacks were... You, you, know, you can't really... I don't know. You can't take, you can take them with a grain of salt. It just seems it seems like this guy doesn't like him, and I'm sure Wentz doesn't like this guy. Things that bothered me were like the him saying that he was bullying the offensive coordinator. Uh, Carson was like people were coming to him, like veterans were coming to him and saying maybe you know you could try uh, something else or look look another way, and he like blew him off. Like that, he didn't care. He don't, he don't need it. No one's no one's help. See, all of this a lot. Like Carson seems to me a lot, like almost like identical to Brett Favre, like in just his demeanor and just like the way he goes about his like his shit, man. Like I'm I'm sure people will find different. But I'm not even saying like the their work ethic or whatever. Just like their mentality, it seems like like they are just gunslinger to to the death. And they they know they know what way they want it to be done. They know how they, how they're gonna get it done, and that's the way it's gonna get done. And I I don't know if it was it seemed like he this guy pointed towards Frank Reich and DiFilippo, which all of us had. We were wondering all season. I don't care what anyone says. Carson did not have a good season this year, and you can say whether he was hurt or I don't care. You can look at the stats and say better completion than this, better you know whatever. I don't care. It wasn't it, he didn't look. Nowhere near like that quarterback in twenty seventeen. In twenty seventeen, it seemed if you go back and look at like you know, I watched all the games obviously, but you go back and look at the highlights. A lot of his highlights are him moving his uh, moving his feet, getting making plays outside the pocket, and obviously he wasn't healthy enough to, or he didn't trust himself enough to do that this year. So uh, maybe he was over. Then that's what he, they say a lot. He was overthinking. And that he he was doing more thinking than playing. He they I don't know, man. There's a there was a lot of shit in here that 
I guess you could just say Carson Wentz is that biggest enemy is Carson Wentz. He's had his ass kissed his whole life and sometimes acts like he's won 10 Super Bowls, which he hasn't played in, let alone won a playoff game yet. Everyone around him wants good things for him. He did more thinking on the field than he did playing in 2018. You don't have to be a brain surgeon or a football expert to see how differently this team plays and reacts with one guy as opposed to the other. Now that's... Who knows who's saying this shit? Who the fuck knows? These are all just quotes. According to multiple sources, Wentz tended to complicate the offense. He didn't let it come organically, as Foles did. According to one source, Wentz could complicate 2 plus 2. So there's a lot of uh, guys that, that these quotes are a little you know, tongue-in-cheek. I don't think – these aren't serious. These guys, this guy thinks that he's fucking funny. So he says a lot of shit like that the whole time. I didn't like the one thing when he said that – when Wentz said he came back and he didn't want to run Foles stuff. That he's like better than better than the shit that won the Super Bowl. That that bothers me big time. I don't care how good he is. You're no you're not you're not better than than that. You're not better than one won us the Super Bowl. I don't I don't give a shit what anyone says. We will run what what you will run whatever we whatever the play call is, and you your job since he's the better quarterback is to run it better more perfectly than Nick Foles could. Because he can do more things. He has a better arm. He has better this. He can move his legs. He can do more than Nick Foles can. So he's supposed to run the offense better than Nick Foles can. So that's that's what was I'm, I'm assuming some of the some of the quotes from this guy who was probably just like a janitor watching the team like us. Like you know, eh, seems like he's overthinking. You know, so there's a lot of like Nick Foles praise. Ask yourself who had the better season, Andrew Luck or, or Carson Wentz. Uh, I didn't like how, yeah, the the bullying of of what's a Mike Rowe. Uh, how he wouldn't throw. I mean, obviously, we saw that all season. How he just threw to Ertz. That's a that was a serious problem. I'm sure I we acted like that was no big deal because it was, I guess, working. But that that probably did cause. That's probably the root of all the problems that. Happened this season, I'm sure. Especially, uh, all of these quotes are probably, a lot of them are probably wide receivers. Have to be. They're probably sick. Like, dude, we got all these catches. Now, like, like last year, even when you were quarterback, you were throwing to us. Now you're not even throwing to us, man. What the fuck? So, like, I'm just trying to, I'm not saying I agree with any of this. I'm just trying to figure it all out. The same source also mentioned the team was over-targeting Zach Ertz. So that, that's what I'm saying. Like, uh, one of these sources had to, you know, for sure was a wide receiver. I don't know why they have this on here, but I looked at, when I looked at Kevin Durant's age, it has a shoe size 18. That's fucking ridiculous. <clears throat> this is Wingspan. Seven foot five. What, bro? You kidding me? All right. So, well, what? Where was I? We were talking about the Wentz nonsense. Wentz had propensity to pull the ball 
when he was about to hand off to running backs and check down to Ertz. Now, I, I feel like I'm going to have to go back and watch these games to figure, like, to see a lot of this stuff. Despite having one of the NFL's better, now this is just opinion, offensive lines to run behind. It would frustrate the offensive line, the running backs and wide receivers, basically everyone on the field at the time, with the exception of Wentz and Ertz. This too came out this season as Anderson, Josina Anderson of ESPN, mentioned it from her source. Yeah, which he, he, he pieces apart a lot of this stuff, could try to give his, his like article validity. He tries to go and say that, well, Rappaport said this, Josina Anderson said this, so I'm not the only one being told these things. I'm just shining a light on them. I think, I think like, like I said, before anyone jumps on me, I'm not saying I agree with any of this. I don't, okay? I don't, or I do, I don't. I just, I, I don't know, okay? I'm trying to figure it out. Just trying to figure out why people are saying this, what's going on. Like, I was listening to Brian Westbrook today. He even said, you know, like, McNabb, not everyone was in love with him, obviously, in the locker room. Not these guys aren't universally loved across the locker room. But it is a little, you know, scary when shit like this is being written. About, not even written, that people are willing to give these quotes these sources, and it just, I, I think that's what scares me about this piece, is that he's not willing to name, not that, like, who's talking to him. He's saying players, he says in the beginning, so I, circumstances, blah, 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 blah. over the past two months, Philly, Philly Voice spoke with more than a half dozen players, plus other sources close to the team, who all request to remain anonymous. Fearing repercussions given. See, so the, okay, so the some players were talking to him. But the sources close to the team, who who the fuck knows who that is? Or what the, any sort of information or knowledge those guys could have. There's a lot of just quotes in here that I think were just cheap journalism. A little humility goes a long way is how he finishes how he finishes the article. With some quote from some guy. He has to return to who Carson Wentz is, a source told Philly Voice. That comes with relaxing and not forcing things, which is probably true. It also comes with being able to take constructive criticism, which probably, I don't know, it could be a problem. He has to learn that it's not always about him, and that's partly what hurt this team this year. We know what type of player he can be and who he normally is. He needs to realize it's the Philadelphia Eagles, not the Philadelphia Carsons. So maybe I really do. I I just, I know we all know what player he can be. I just hope that, I think that that maybe, that that was my biggest problem in this year is he probably put too much pressure on himself to get back and then it all had to be on him and he had to carry the team and he had to do this, he had to do that. Who You know, who knows? Who who knows, man? I, I I could I could sit here and talk about it all day long. I, I had a call. I had, I'm sure I, I had something else. Oh yeah, oh, this is a couple. And that was my th- another thing I wanted to talk about. The author, the dude Joe Santaliquito, he goes on like a media tour defending the article, talking about it, 
nonstop on WIP, 97.5, anyone that would have him. If ESPN wanted to have if he wasn't probably, no offense, Joe, you're ugly dude. I'm, you know, you're just an ugly dude. They probably wouldn't have, they would probably have him on ESPN, but he just, you know. I don't know why I had to say that, but hey, man, that's how I feel. That's how I feel, Joe. But no, aside from Joe San Laquito's looks, he goes on a media tour. He talks to everyone, and he, I don't know where he said this. This was on WIP. He says, I'm the best thing Carson Wentz has going right now. He, wrote, he writes all that. He says he received death threats and whatnot for his article, which is fucking ridiculous. Um, who knows? I, I mean, I mean, doesn't everyone, like, uh, doesn't anyone, it seems like that's sort of famous. They just, like, if, a, if an anime Twitter account says, fuck you, you should die. That's like the death threat. Is that, is, that what, is that what that is? Or is, like, like, I think we have to put the, you know, a scale of death threats that these people claim that that they receive because I think there's a little bit more it, it's a different death threat if like someone slides an envelope under your door with like the fucking cut out pieces of the magazine letters and they have them all up there like you will die if you leave your house at you know, you know what I'm saying like fuck it it's different from an anime twitter account telling you that you should die all right so I don't think we should just be out there saying that we receive death threats all the time the other thing is too. The other thing too is, guess what? I'm the best thing Carson Wentz has going for him. San Liquido said to Angelo Cataldi, which is a perfect duo. You don't think this is gonna piss him off even more? You don't think this is gonna motivate him even more to say, "Hey, listen, pal." Oh no, I'm sorry, I skipped a line. You don't think this is gonna motivate him more to stick this up someone's little tail? What the fuck that means. And just say, hey, listen, pal. You're wrong. Everybody else that believes what you said you wrote was wrong. I can see it now. I can see Jason Kelsey in his mummer's outfit calling me out like he called out Lombardi last year. If the Eagles turn around and have a 14-2 season, make a run, who knows? Who knows? Who knows that this very, well, I'm not going to say very negative, situation that has been brought to light, they can't turn it into a positive. And I feel very strongly about that. Acting like he gives a fuck about anyone but himself. Right, he acts like he cares about the team, that he wants them to do well. He just wants the people to stop leaving them alone. And I guess the... The Eagles fan accounts that are like, Aguilar gang. You know, you see them people. I don't know who those people are, but salute to you. Respect. I hope you find this I hope you find this podcast one day. And I hope you comment and tell me that I suck. But, whatever. San Liquido obviously did not do himself any favors in supporting the merits of this article. Or anything that he said about Carson Wentz. So now it just kind of seems like a smear piece. So we'll never really know. Who knows? We'll never honestly know what the truth or what what the facts were, anything until someone, one of the guys who's not what was spoken the article, or one of the guys that feels that way, gets traded or you know gets sent to another team. Then he'll say 
then he'll start to speak his mind. Because that that I think that's the only time you're gonna have you're gonna have that uh, you know out in the light, out in the open. Frank Wright came to his defense. I'll play that as well. I like that. Um, what do we make of? Oh, I mean, I, I, he had a lot of people defending him. Didn't seem like a lot of wide receivers necessarily came to his defense. But, you know, whatever. It is what it is, okay? Like I said, like I just said before, who knows how any of the how much of any of this is real? How many of the quotes are legit? Who said what? You, we, I could sit here and spend hours, days. I'll be like Charlie from It's Always Sunny with the fucking conspiracy theories, trying to figure out who it is. But it's not good for the locker room. It's gonna that you think you don't think there's gonna be people in that locker room that are thinking the same thing, that aren't looking around, trying to figure out who was talking to him. I saw Dave Zangaro. Say that he only sees him, like the guys that are in the locker room every day, they've only seen him in there once, maybe twice a week. You know, how how is he, they're saying, basically questioning his article even more, like how could he grasp, get a, get a, get a grasp of how, you know, what kind of a man Carson is or how everyone feels about him. If you, But to each his own. You know, it's neither here nor there, whatever. Whatever phrase you want to say. We'll, we will never know, but he has a ton of guys coming out and defending him. Fletcher, I saw Malcolm, uh, Lane Johnson. There's a lot of love for Carson, obviously. But uh, even Frank Reich, guys who aren't with the organization anymore, you know, one of the coaches that was named in here. Coach of the Colts, Frank Reich, with us here on The Fan. My question would be more with the relationship with Carson Wentz in that locker room. I mean, just your overall thoughts and how that team perceives Carson Wentz. Again, some of the things that people are saying that he's arrogant, he's egotistical. I'd just like to hear your thoughts in on that. It makes me laugh because having been there two years, having been a part of the process of drafting him there, and getting to know him the way that I know him. There's just few few people in this league that I think more highly of than Carson. Um, I, I know him very, very close. And I'm not just saying this to defend him, but and I don't need to defend him. His teammates are doing that quite well. But th- this guy is a, is a humble guy. This guy is a competitor, though. This guy is – he knows what he wants. This guy's a leader. This guy has so much stinking juice, it's unreal. So I can understand how sometimes people are going to perceive things that aren't true. But in this case, he's another one of these elite quarterbacks that what I, I used to be really – he didn't care one thing about stats. Like At the end of the day, that, that, I love that about him. The two years that I worked with him, at the end of the day, he's not a guy who's checking his stat line because he wants to make sure he's breaking this record. All he wanted to do was win. And ultimately, that's what tells me more than anything else. So, yeah, that that's obviously, you know, you want to hear that. That's that's a good thing. You expect a guy like Frank Reich to say that. Carson does more and more remind me of fucking Brett Favre, dude. Just seems like he said that before. I'm not the, you know, I'm not the first one to, you know, make that comparison, but... It just seemed like more and more every day. Like he just had, he just he's taken on some of his, you know, just 
stubborn like arrogance but like that in a good way though like you can't you can't view that in a, in a bad in a, in a bad light because you some of some great some of the greatest athletes in the world are like that you you need to have some of that in you but it does come to a fault when you act privileged and you're acting like you know people owe you things and you know your ability shouldn't be questioned when you really, you know, he 2017 was awesome, but you really, you still, you need to prove yourself every day, all the time in the NFL and professional sports. You, what you've done in the past is great, but it doesn't do anything for us right now. It doesn't do anything for you right now. The team, the city, nothing. No one will care. If you don't perform right now, then you're yesterday's news. So, he's going to have to perform. I saw, uh, and his boy, Brett Favre, Saying that he would uh, pick Foles over Wentz, I'm pretty sure. I don't, I don't have a clip of that or anything, but that's fucking crazy that he actually said that. I'm sure that hurt his feelings. I don't know. Far compares clutch Foles to. To Brady, Jesus, what are you doing? I did say that the other day, though, but I was kind of trolling. Yeah, clutch is one thing. I mean, Eli's clutch, too. What the fuck does that do for you? If they don't put you in the playoffs or, you know, I don't know. Who... Who knows? What else? What else should we talk about, man? While 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 we're here, while while I have you. Shit. UFC. It's been some uh been some minor movement. Uh last week, ESP the first ESPN card. Couple of uh what highlights? Corey Sandhagen's a beast. Just try to go off the top of my head. Corey Sandhagen's a beast. Uh, Armbard, I don't remember who, but it, he just he dominated. And he get he he's like a real eco friendly and shit like that. I saw him talking about that after the. I love when people take that uh, stance. I'd say Daniel Bryan, he's like real eco like liberal sort of taking all sorts of like liberal stances. I love it. Daniel Bryan's a wrestler, by the way. If you don't know, shout out to WWE. Shout out Beads. Um, Donald Cerrone fought Alexander the Great Hernandez and put it on him, man. He dominated him. Hernandez came out strong, tried to finish him early on. He had him with some big, big time bombs, big time shots, but Cowboys slowed it down, started picking him apart. His leg kicks are brutal, but he just started, he just started boxing him up. And eventually dropped him with a, I think, a head kick. It was awesome. And he's probably going to get the Connor fight. Because uh, Connor came out right away and said it. Now they're going back and forth on Twitter. I really hope they don't try to do a friendly sort of build up to the fight because that's what it seems like they're going to be drinking at the press conference. Well, I'm sure it's going to be sort of mutual friendly. But, I mean, once they start talking about the actual fight, that's when Connor or Cowboys are like, I'm going to fuck him up. You know, you know, Connor's just gonna say, "I'm gonna dribble him off the canvas. 
I'm going to fuck him up. And that's all it's going to take for a cowboy to freak out. You ain't going to do shit. You ain't doing shit. I'm fucking cowboy. It doesn't sound like that at all, but, you know. I don't have much to say about that until it actually happens. I think that's a, that's a very winnable fight for Connor. Very winnable fight for both. It's going to be a stand-up battle. Uh, Cerrone, very good on the ground. Very good jiu-jitsu. He has abilities from his... I mean, obviously, he showed him from the Perry fight that, you know, he can fucking submit you from the back. Gets you down. He'll hold you down and smash you. But he's not... Uh, it, you know, he, who knows how long he can go in a 155 fight because he may have to go five rounds if he's, unless he's going to knock out Con- Connor because that would probably be a main event. It would probably be a five-round fight. So that, you know, it, it all depends on at 155 if he's ready to go into the uh, deep waters. It seems like Connor can go into the deep waters as long as it doesn't involve wrestling because you could just go look at the Diaz fight. The Diaz fight, he gases out in the middle. I know he does the little running stuff and he gets gets his energy back, but, you know, however. But I would just be interested to see the, the stamina of both guys towards the end of that fight. Who knows when that's going to happen? I'm sure, I, I'm projecting sometimes during the summer, they're going to have their hearing coming up soon. Uh, the, the Nevada State Athletic Commission will be meeting with you know, we'll have have their hearing on Khabib, Connor, uh, apparently Dylan Dennis, whatever. And, uh, like, he just came out and announced that, yeah, I can't fight because, you know, I have to wait for the hearing. And, like, I love the comments. People are like, dude, no one no one cares. No one. He's like, for anyone who asked, I will be, uh, you know, I won't be ready yet. It's like, dude, no one, no one asked you. No one asked if you can fight yet. But that that's on Tuesday. Uh, so uh, you'll be able to find we we will be able to find more out about Connor Khabib all that shit, who's suspended, who's what you know. But uh, Greg Hardy, I think uh, that's probably the other big oh Paige Van Zant on board uh, Rachel Ostovich, which was, that was the big drama before the fight that Greg Hardy and Ostovich were on the same card. Ostovich, a victim of domestic violence from her from her boyfriend or husband, I'm not exactly sure of their relation, but. It doesn't really make. It doesn't really matter. Um, she arm barred her. Said her, she heard her arm pop a couple times. It was, it was a great fight. They uh, Paige is awesome. It, it, Rachel put it on her in the beginning of the fight, but Paige is tough. She put. She never. She her, She puts a pace on you the entire fight, no matter what, nonstop, and mixes it up a lot too. With different, you know, leg, body. She just has a different, a lot of different weapons that she can use. She's athletic too, so she, she. Everyone wants to, you know, say that she, she's not, you know, in the championship echelon yet, but she's right on. And at what one twenty five, she might be up in that championship conversation, but you know, she's probably right there at that two, you know, two ranking to like five, six ranking. She's in that area, right in that middle, you know, of the division, sort of. Right, right in contention with the right, you know, fights and right action, she might be able to get herself a, a title shot or what. But who knows? We'll see. Uh, I want to. I know I'm forgetting one of the fights on here. 
Gregor Gillespie dominated some guy. I don't remember. Um, he dominated him, but he doesn't talk shit. He tried to act like he was above talking shit or something like that after the fight. I was like, dude, you got. That's when you have to. Oh, Benavidez beat Dustin Ortiz, which could be like one of the. You know, they were saying one of the last. Like, you know, this was the end of the one twenty fives, and all of that talk. But Benavidez, if Suhudo doesn't fight, well, I'll get to that. So, you know, Benavidez won. Whatever. Glover Teixeira submitted Carl Roberson in the first round. Roberson, another case of he probably shot his load in the first like minute of the fight, clipped Glover, went tried to try to fucking finish the fight, and he just you know oh I realize Iverson just Iverson's turned the opposite way. He's looking at me. He's watching the fucking no. You you're supposed to be. You guys are you know I gotta show you like this. You guys gotta be looking that way. Come on. But Gillespie Yancey Medeiros he not I KO'd him. Gillespie's a beast, dude. Absolute beast. And uh, I, I, you got you got a fan in me, but to the average people, they won't give a shit because they love to hear you know, fuck that guy, and they want to hear that Connor you know talking shit. But you know, for jun- MMA junkies, you know, like I am now, I'm not a you know long timer, but I am into it now. Guys like him who are just, they're good at everything. Those guys fascinate me, and you don't have to talk shit. Guys like, you know, let's see, I guess you could say DC started, has started to talk more shit as he's gotten older. He loves the wrestling, so. And then uh, I, I, I'm trying to think. I mean, obviously Khabib. Guys like Max Holloway, I guess. Max Holloway doesn't really talk a lot of shit. Uh, yeah, guys like that, you, you know, they don't really necessarily grab the eye of the whatever, the national media. But for junkies like us, we love it. Uh, Greg Hardy, Alan Crowder. Alan Crowder, that was an awesome fight because Alan Crowder just started walking him down to a certain point getting, you know. Greg Hardy's been starching, knocking clean out the people, anyone who he's fought before. The three tomato cans, I guess, that he fought before, he was knocking them out and in stunning, dramatic fashion. It was phenomenal. I watched all three. So this one, when he goes in and fights Alan Crowder, you're not even though he has way more experience than probably any guy he's fought before. You were expecting him probably to do the same thing. So until you, like, MMA is a seeing is believing sport. Until you actually see something happen or see it or you know experience it, you can never really know. Because I, I feel like uh, that happens with a lot of uh, fighters that they, you know, you can train, you can train, you can train, but you don't really know how good certain people are, or uh, this could be, pro- I guess, you know, this could, this could be, this could work for any, any sport, I would say. This, this maintains true on any, any of the, any of the professional sports or anything that you do in life. You don't really know what it takes to be great or good at, at that thing. Until you're involved in it, like the like they say, like an NBA or NFL, like you don't know the speed of the of the of the NFL. It's different from college. You don't understand. You, you can't really grasp it until you experience it. Then you can adjust, and now you know what it takes. And how you know you what you need to do. You need to get quicker, stronger to play with the professionals, with the you know with the grown men. I think that that that's true. That's true for a lot for fighting. 
Like, I'm, I think it's, you know, 100% true for fighting. A guy like Greg Hardy, who you think that everything you're doing in the gym, I'm good. I don't need to change nothing. I'm fucking knocking these people out, dude. What's going what's gonna to be different? And then you go and fight a guy like Alan Crowder, who's seen probably a guy like you before. He just knocks people out. All right. Just, I'll just avoid that right hand. I mean, people were shitting on Greg Hardy. The fight ends with a uh, a knee. Greg Hardy kneed him while he was down, and they DQ'd him and called the fight. Um, it was a back and forth fight. Greg Hardy wasn't getting washed. I don't. I, I, people were acting like he was he was losing, and he finally had him down. That's why he did it because he wanted to just end the fight because he's a bad person. He went to. I don't think so, man. I understand that's the convenient and that's what we would like to say and that's the good thing. He's a piece of shit and fuck him, you know, who cares? But I just don't I don't I don't see why if he's putting all this time into this what what is the gain I don't know, what is the gain? He just what, he's that he can't he's that much of a he can't control himself. He had to he just said, Fuck it, I have to get this guy back for what? Like for beating me somewhat in MMA? I don't know. To me, it just seemed like he didn't know. He said he knew the rules. Said he thought his knee was coming up. It just didn't seem to me like he had been in those situations enough. Knew he just. I knew when the Crowder was like on his knees and he was like trying to get up, and I knew once it was, once he had him like that, I was like, oh, here comes a knee. That's a perfect spot for a knee, but it's illegal. It's illegal as shit. You can't do it. And he just stopped. Boom, boom, boom. Need him. And that was, as soon as, uh, I think Dan Margaliotta was the ref, he called it, boom, right away. DQ, he's like, get the fuck out of here, Greg, you can't do that shit. And he can't. But definitely a learning experience for him. For, I mean, Alan Crowder will gain some sort of, you know, will gain a little bit of notoriety for being the guy who fought Greg Hardy and beat him. Doesn't really necessarily mean a huge huge thing for his, uh, you know, Whatever, talking about titles or MM, you know, his MMA career or gaining. I mean, he's ten and three. It's a, it's a good record. Uh, so we'll see what's next for that. And Greg Hardy, he just needs he just needs more time. He he has skills. He's not necessarily the greatest, but I mean, he has a name, and he's I would say serviceable in there. So uh, as of now, he can he has super athleticism, and he has a ton of room to grow and get better. He's fucking baby he's a baby infant in this in the sport so i don't i don't see why he couldn't you know he doesn't have the time or you know the resources to get better he will uh you know you may not like the guy but that's just the you know that's just the fact of the matter that's just how it is um and then the main event uh after it, it, it was i was really ashamed the whole this this whole card went down like this. That you know. The last two, uh, yeah, the the co-main and the main event were Martin controversy. People going back and doing revisionist. I love that. Oh, it should have been Cerrone and the uh, Cal, you know, Hernandez on the uh, co-main. But I think they they made a point of putting that. That was the big. That was one of the bigger spots on the card. That last fight on ESPN. That that's like the main event on ESPN because. You know, not honestly, folks, not a lot of people were out watching the uh, the fucking the main card on the ESPN Plus. No one gave a shit. Not a lot of people, not, like non-MMA fans, they did not care. I was at the bar. 
and I, I saw the Cerrone fight on. I, well, I saw, I was, I saw all the prelims, but I, I, like, I saw the Cerrone. People were like actually watching it. I was like, damn, that's pretty cool. Like ESPN, that's, you know, they probably didn't mean to have ESPN on. They had the Virginia Duke game on, I'm sure. Came back, you know, whatever. And then I came I came in, I saw the fights on. I was like, damn, bro. It's like ESPN, they got the, you know, they got the, the card on. That's sick. But Cowboy had the big spot on that. So I'm sure that a lot of people, a lot of people saw that Cowboy fight. And they're like, damn, that Cowboy guy, he's pretty good. And guess who he's going to fight now? Connor. So that that's... Uh, that's that was a big spot for him, so I'm sure he did better there than he would have done in the co-main. Way more notoriety. Now imagine had they put Greg Hardy at the main on the main slide at that ESPN. You all would have shit a brick. Everyone would have had a heart attack. Oh my god, I can't believe this. What a disgrace to the sport, and it would have been, really would have been. He shouldn't have been that high up on the card to begin with. He may have oh, he should have opened up the ESPN Plus or been on the prelims on the ESPN early on during the night. But he probably obviously should not have been in that main slot like that. It is what it is. You I guess Dana White Dana White, you live and you learn, right? But the main event, Cejudo TJ Dillashaw. Man. Another controversial finish, according to TJ. Uh, fight starts. Uh, TJ, TJ. I mean, he didn't look terrible, but he didn't look great either. Kind of, it did look that that to be that skinny. It can't. It cannot be good for you. Your brain and your body just being dehydrated for that period of time. Sure, you're just not you're not intaking the right the proper amount of just nutrients and everything, man. You're just you're not right. Your body's um what's he thirty, thirty one, whatever. His body has been so used to, you know, living a certain way and drinking water this way and eating this way or whatever. I know he wrestled one twenty five, but that was when he was a young lad. That's not when he you know. He's a grown ass man now. Cut down the 125. He is a normal 135er, but that 10 extra pounds when you don't have much to give, it's different from a 205er, you know, going down to 195. Or I know it's not a 195 division, but you hear my, you hear what I'm saying. 185 going down. Once I, I do, I'm thinking, I'm picking all these, but you know what I'm saying. Like a guy dropping 10 pounds when he has more mass to give up is different from TJ Dillashaw going from 135 down to 125. Uh, fight was 34 seconds long. TJ got clipped right behind the ear. And shortly afterwards, that was it. He, his equilibrium went, he said he was there, he was fighting, but his body, like his legs were given out and shit like that. But then he's arguing about how the fight shouldn't have been stopped and how he wants to, you know, run it back at 25 and he sh- you know should have been given a chance to fight. I agree that the stoppage probably was a little early, but inevitably I think he would have just taken more damage cuz I don't think he was able going to be able to defend himself. So Huda was 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 on the, he was I mean that's what even some, that's what even Suhudo said when you push someone like that, when you're able to two-hand someone to the ground like that, you're 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 done. 
you're you're just your equilibrium's done. Especially when you're there for a fight, he couldn't he couldn't even maintain his balance. He couldn't get up anymore, and it wasn't his fault. He just I don't know. He just didn't have any. He didn't have anything left. His body had, had probably spent all of its all of its energy and its mileage on the training for that and getting his body in the shape to be ready for the 125. So, fuck. Who knows? Who knows what happened? But I don't want to see that at 125. I now the talk is Suhudo wants it at 135, but he somehow wants to keep the 125 division. At 125, I would like to see if he stays at if if I don't know if they're gonna do the Cejudo Dillashaw straight away. Maybe they should. So so see, this is what I would like to see. Maybe a uh, you know those two fight again at 35. I don't I don't know because then if Dillashaw loses, then that's it. I hope you would you would UFC would pray for I guess a Dillashaw win. And then you go back, let them go back to defend their belts. Cejudo against Benavidez at 25. And then Dillashaw against the winner of Marais and the Sun Sal, I think it is. And then on that Aldo card, let them weigh in, lay in wait. And then, you know, after the Cejudo-Dillashaw fight, those guys go back and do, like, like I said, if Dillashaw wins, he would then have the honor and the glory would be bestowed upon him. All right, he righted the wrong of the Cejudo fight. But then, eventually, they could go back and do that trilogy of those two for whatever. It doesn't have to necessarily be for a belt at that point. We know how that works. I mean, it could be whenever the 20... If they want to get rid of 25 or whatever, it could be eventually Cejudo coming back up to 35 to redo it and try to see who who's the best once and for all. I don't know. Just an idea. But what's next for the UFC? 233, which was canceled, I'm pretty sure. And then they have February 2nd, the, yeah, the Jose Aldo, Sunset Marais, Damian Maya, Charles Oliveira, Johnny Walker, all that. So, so yeah, they, all the Brazilians are fighting that night. That, that card's in Brazil. So that'll be ESPN Plus, February 2nd, the day before the Super Bowl for anyone who's looking for the next UFC action. Uh, watched Pacquiao Broner. I don't remember. Yeah, I didn't talk about any of this. I'm hoping I didn't talk about this on here for anyone who listens regularly. God bless you. Uh, Broner has serious head trauma, and they they need to just let him stop fighting and get him a job where he doesn't have to take head trauma because it seems like he's crazy, dude. He said he would be 7-0 and against Jim Gray. I'm 3-3-1. Yeah, but I'd be 7-0 and against you. Dude, you're, you've lost your mind. Uh, of course you'd beat Jim Gray. Jim Gray's like, yep, that really doesn't matter. I'm like, yeah, okay, you could beat my ass. I am a reporter. Uh, he, he's the best at those. He loves those confrontational, that confrontational shit. Um, what else? What else? What else? What else? Uh, Pacquiao beat him up. It wasn't even a close fight. Badu Jack. And uh, I don't remember the guy he fought, but that was a bloody mess of a fight. I was watching kind of both, so I wasn't really paying attention to that. The Pacquiao fight was awesome because the the Suhudo fight ended so early that you were able to just go over to the Pacquiao fight. Since now there's no like f- basically no football anymore on Saturdays, there is no football or anything on Saturday. So now we're stuck watching UFC and stuff like that. So fuck, who knows? Uh, hmm. Uh, um, 
me say. What else? What else? What else? News-wise, I don't think I have anything. No. Well, that's probably it. All right. I do. About a... Probably going to wind up being like 54 minutes, I think, because the first eight minutes of this is trash. Uh, I didn't even record. The cord wasn't even like plugged in properly, I guess. That's a shame for anyone who actually wanted to watch this thing. <laughs> they, <laughs> they finally... They're like, all right, let me see what this is about. They go on. It's just like fucking trash. Dude, I can't even hear him. Uh... That's probably better for you. You're like, oh, yeah, I gave you a shot, man. It wasn't that good. I never want to watch it again. You did You did your civic duty. Uh, thank you for your service. Um, I probably will want to do another one soon. I don't. I want to do some. I do, do one with a guest because I don't think really properly touched all the angles on any of this because this is kind of a one-track one mind here on the uh, Hot Take Hotbox when I do these. But that's probably it. Ladies and gentlemen, be safe out there. God bless the USA. Drink water.